What makes Star Wars Star Wars? Is it the music? The sneaking around? Or how it wears its influences on its sleeve? Some of those influences include westerns, fantasy, samurai movies. But this week we're discussing one of the biggest ones. Science fiction in general. Well, hello there, everybody. Hi, welcome to the podcast. I'm Mike. <laughs> I'm Josiah. It's been a while since we've recorded two full-length episodes in a row, and I feel like we're going to get silly on this one, because that's the second one we're doing. Yep. <laughs> so, welcome to How Star Wars Is It. This is the show where we rate everything on a scale of 1 to 10, not of how good or bad it is, but of how Star Wars it is. That's right. Uh, Take anything that has Star Wars in the title, merchandise, yeah. movies, books, etc., put them all into a pot. Yeah. Turn that pot on high. Make yourself a nice Star Wars chili. Don't don't forget though to back that burner down to simmer. Right. Get it boiling, then take it nice down, like a nice rolling like simmer. Yeah. Um. And that's, that's a Star Wars chili. That's a ten out of ten. It tastes an awful lot like Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi. Yep. And on this show, we're comparing things to that chili. And this week, we are doing, I think, maybe our first ever genre. Yeah, I think this is the first genre. Absolutely. We wanted to get a little more conceptual. Um. Because we've done, we did June Manji month, which mm-hmm. everybody loved. Um, we did, uh, we, we've done our Star Wars movies at the end of the month. But um, Mike and I both recently read uh, Project Hail Mary by Andy Weir, who wrote The Martian. Mm-hmm. And we both really liked it. Yeah. I borrowed the book from Mike. It was was just so, so good and fun. (laughs) It was so fun and good. I read it in like two and a half days because I just was like at a... Charlie and I went to uh, to like house sitting for the weekend with one of her friends. And I literally just like sat there and read the book half the time. Uh It was great. Um, It's super fun. It's it's like very... If you like The Martian, you'll like it. It's It's very similar to The Martian. Andy Weir, the writer... Really spends an awful lot of time making sure the science part of the science fiction holds water. Like, yeah. it's it's real science. And in fact, I've even said the book almost reads like a science textbook with like a character that is in it the whole time. <laughs> yeah, The Martian. The Martian and, and Project Hail Mary to a degree yes, too. Because like, everything has a science explanation but it's not it's not just like science rationale you know like like yeah. iron man it's like oh yeah a man could conceivably make a scientific suit but in this it's like here's the science that went into making the iron man right. suit <laughs> i did the math and here yeah it's and it like, is he shows his work <laughs> yeah project hail mary is a little more um fictiony in its science fiction like it goes to some places where then like the martian is yes the martian yeah. is very much based in like reality what would happen in this like uh you know in this idea of if, if humans went to Mars and like this one is, is similar, but like more of a, more of your, more of a classic, classic science fiction tale, right. not to give anything away, but it gets more into the fiction. But anyway, so I've been really into sci-fi recently. And yeah, so yeah. we're probably going to record an episode on the book for at least the Patreon. Um, since not everyone's like read the book, but Mike and I were talking and I was like, what if we just did an episode on science fiction? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's a fun one to do because 
Star Wars so often, and and just like we just did in the cold open, people will you know call that a sci-fi movie, and they're not fully wrong, but like yeah. science fiction at the time of that becoming a hot thing was, I mean, not like Jules Verne, like all the way back then, because that's I, I think he's sort of regarded as one of like the first science fiction writers, but like yeah. when like space stories Jam. became hot, oh. you know, in like the fifties mm-hmm. or whatever, fifties uh, and sixties, like th- anything that had space in the, in the, the log line or in the, you know, the synopsis that was branded as science fiction, whether or not science was on display in any way. <laughs> right, right, right. And there's sort of like the continuing to this day, there is that, there is that sort of divide between your like hard sci-fi that is based on science that is based on science Mm -hmm. and then this sort of like soft sci-fi there's probably a better name for it um which is more fantasy yes exactly and that falls into your more star wars realms where it's like we are not working with hard ideas we are working with like what if there was this cool you know what if there was a civilization in space and here's what the civilization would be it's not based in science it's more based in like um, you know, just based in like human nature and mm-hmm. and uh, like anthropology in a weird way. Right. It's like, what would another civilization look like, or what would aliens be? You know, like what's um, that thing that it's like the the four types of story conflict? There's like man versus man, yes. man versus animal or or nature, man versus society, and man versus self. I want to say, yeah, th- that's at least four of them for sure, and like. Science fiction almost, like, again, capital S, capital F. You know, like, I, I think of, um, did you ever watch Party Down? No, I, I, I need to. It's a great point. show. Martin Starr's character in it is a writer, and he talks in, like, anytime it's brought up, like, what kind of things he writes, he says, like, only hard sci-fi. Like, yeah. like Philip K. Dick, uh, yeah. Blade Runner kind of things, not Star Wars, uh, yeah. not comic books. Right. What's his face? Um Fahrenheit 451 guy. Ray Bradbury. Bradbury. Yeah. Yeah. And and like I think of um I think of that all the time. Like I th- there are two different types of storytelling. Science fiction a lot of times goes by uh you know Black Mirror comes to mind. It yeah. it poses a reality that could be real based on the way technology is going and then we see a story play out because that's how the reality is. Yeah. You know, a lot of science fiction short stories are like, here's a reality and here's the first thing that happened that abused it, basically. It's, yeah, science fiction are oftentimes exploring the human condition, (laughs) darkness, and like what could happen, the good and bad that can come from technology and science. And they're exploring that through a lens of like, yeah, like, what if... It's like a what if, right? It's like, well, what if, uh, right. you know, what if... Ray Bradbury. What if, like, in the future, we have to burn all books and, like, something, whatever happens. Yeah. Okay, well, what's that reality like? Um, Philip K. Dick. Like, what if... Uh, do androids dream? You know, like, uh, uh-huh. you know, uh, what if an android had sentience? Like, what would happen? Same with, like, Isaac Asimov and iRobot. It's like, if there were robots, what would it be? And right. then it's, like, an exploration of things about humanity through the lens of 
science and the other right. if, if it's aliens if it's robots if it's like a new civilization um you, and you know what this like, is making me think it might just be because we're coming hot off of recording last week's episode on attack of the clones but like science fiction this sort of what if exploration is very the prequels yeah that's they a, made uh, these awesome movies and they're like what if we learned how darth vader became darth vader and then they spent you know yeah. six or seven years telling us that <laughs> no you're absolutely right they, and, and like even some of the like elements of it are feel more yeah it feels more like they're trying to be like this is how the jedi work and this is how this works you uh-huh. know that's a good point it's like he doubled down on the science fi- the science fiction part and yeah. less on the some of the other parts. Um, but yeah, and then there's also the fluffier kind, which is like your Star Wars, which is like more fantasy, which is like, um, I don't know, Guardians of the Galaxy, right. like comic books, science fiction a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Like superheroes, right? Like superheroes are... Superheroes kind of are science fiction sure. like in, yeah, in a weird yeah. way. They become their own genre, but they are science fiction. Because they like, all, dis- no matter how wacko... They all have like a, a quote unquote scientific explanation as to why they're super powered. Right. Superman is an alien. Batman yeah. uses his brains to make technology. You know, yeah. like and even like the magic ones. It's like a lot of times they try to either explain it with science or right. if it's just magic that they are existing in the same book as the science fiction stuff. So right. it's like, oh, well, we're, I mean, that's the weird thing about comic books is that especially like the Marvel and DC universe is that it's like a lot of genres packed into one. Right. Right. Um, but, like, I've been reading a lot of sci-fi lately. Yeah, hit me with some of that. What, what type of thing? Okay. So, I was. I read the whole uh, trilogy of The Three-Body Problem, which... Uh, yes, uh, you've mentioned if, this. If you are a fan of sci-fi, I would, I would absolutely recommend it. It's sort of a newer... It's like a newer insta-classic kind of thing. I believe it won the Hugo Award, which is like the science fiction awards thing. Um, it's a Chinese trilogy. Uh, the first one is set at the background of the Cultural Revolution and then like present day of like 2000 whatever, XX. Like in, in fill in whatever the modern year is. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting. It like explores. It's, it's definitely science fiction, something hard sci-fi because it explores a lot of like quantum uh, stuff. Like quantum mechanics and like how how would a the the sort of initial idea is and this is a, something that's posed by I can't remember who originally said it but like the idea that like humanity will not be able to progress to our next kind of uh, not evolution but sort of our next like ability to come together as a, as a civilization as a people mm-hmm. we will not be able to go to that next level until there is outside influence by you know an alien civilization, um, which is sort of the idea in Watchmen too, right? It's like, it takes the, it takes Ozymandias, you know, spoilers for Watchmen, but it takes Ozymandias like creating a manufactured alien threat to get the cold war to stop essentially, you know? Um, and so it kind of takes that idea and then also looks at like quantum mechanics and like, uh, that sort of, uh, advanced science and like, what would happen if an alien civilization had complete control over that stuff and was able to stop humanity's research on it so that we couldn't progress? Mm-hmm. Um, and then that society is coming to take over our society. And then it's like, what do we do? How do we get there? Um, it's just really good. That's funny. Uh, That's making me think almost of those aliens in, in the Invincible show. Yeah. Where they show up and then immediately they just start like exploding because like they can't handle the air on earth or the temperature yeah. or something. 
and then they go away and they come back the next day but for their civilization it was like generations or at least yes. like decades and they used that time to like science new new ways to survive on earth well and, and that's that's what's fun and interesting too is like because uh and in project Hail Mary they get into this too the yeah. idea of relativity yeah, right? right the idea of the closer uh, that you, you get to the speed of light the the, the like less time, less time passes for you <laughs> yeah and like they get into that in um interstellar too yes, right like, yes yes uh, a lot of things affect time. Gravity affects time. Yeah. Uh, speed affects time. It's very strange. Um, Interstellar, and- when they go down to that big water wave planet, yep. in the score of the, like in the, you know, the music, the audio, there's a tick, like a, like a, um, a stopwatch, oh. a second tick that goes, that, that happens every, like whatever they establish is the rules of gravity on that planet that it's like, okay, mm. when we're on that planet, uh, an hour for us is like a year on earth or, or whatever it is. Right. A minute is a year, something like that. And I guess like in the soundtrack, it's like mostly quiet, but you hear like stopwatch tick every like second and a half or whatever the like micrometer. So you know is. how much time is passing in the ship. Yeah. Like basically every tick you hear is a day on the ship that's outside Ooh. of the gravity pull. And then of course, you know, people fall down and it takes them longer than they thought. And then when they get back to the ship, they're like guy who's like holding down the fort is like a generation older than he was when yeah. they left only like an hour ago. And it's like crazy sad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that kind that of movie stuff. is like the heaviest fucking movie. It's yeah. long and you just keep getting pummeled by like by, time and mortality. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you get, you're getting hit by a lot of like heavy science concepts yeah. while you're also being like, and everyone's going to die. Yeah. Right. And also this guy, it's, it's very, it's, which it's is why I, I really it. like, I mean, not why there's a lot of reasons why, but why I just loved project hail Mary. The, the yes. premise of this book, we won't, we won't spoil anything or, or if we do, we'll announce it with, with time to spare. Um, the premise is earth is uh is doomed there is like a, a bacteria yeah. there's a particle that's like eating sunlight and then therefore it's not reaching earth so in order to you know a, literally a hail mary like a last ditch yeah. effort to save the earth they shoot a rocket out to try to find um another star system where that stuff is not eating their sunlight yes. the way it's eating earth's sunlight and then of course you know if you go to another star you have to travel at or close to the speed of light just to make it there before Earth fully explodes. They have, you yep. know, they calculate that they have like 30 or 40 years until the Earth completely goes dark and dies. And just to send someone that far, traveling as fast as they could, it'll take like 13 or 14 years of Earth time for yeah. that rocket to make it there. Yeah. And to go off of what Mike was sort of starting out there, the thing about that is so fun about Project Hail Mary mm-hmm. is it's like that you don't find often in sci-fi. There's it's like, like optimism. <laughs> it's optimistic. It's positive. It's still a thrill. Uh, it's it's very much like will they pull this off? Um, but the and to an extent with the Martian too, like it's sort of I feel like he's sort of pioneering um, not a new genre necessarily, but but a, a genre of sci-fi that doesn't that imagines a world in which things can be okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. and a lot of science fiction he imagines into like survival instinct. Yes. Like like people people want to solve problems and survive. And human ingenuity, you know. Yeah, yeah, What's yeah. interesting is Project Hail Mary is is very similar to 
um, like broad concept wise is similar to the three body problem and that it, it is similar and that it has to, so we have to save the earth, right? The earth is going to die in X amount of years. We have to figure out how to save the earth. But then like the, what's interesting about the three body problem is it's not, it's not necessarily optimistic. It's not necessarily pessimistic, but it's much more, um, it's not as like, not as fun feeling at the end. You're, you don't, you're not left with like a, Oh, thank goodness for human ingenuity. Right. You're left with more of like a, wow, this was really intense and interesting. Well, and like um, Black Mirror again comes to mind. Basically, every episode of that has a sort of Twilight Zoney feel yeah. to it, where it's like even there's if like something twists. feels like it's going well, there's like an ironic twist. But yeah. there's that one episode that basically everybody fucking like went nuts for San Junipero, which has like heaviness and darkness like sort of throughout but the whole thing is very lovely and optimistic it's the one i don't know if you've seen that show or all of uh, them but it's the one where people like basically on their deathbed their consciousness is put into like a shared simulated like dream oh world. no i haven't seen that one I, i've seen certain episodes of black mirror because i like like read like, like which ones are like the good ones uh -huh. so i've watched a few but i haven't seen that one that's a really great show. It it does I need to, a lot I, I of kind these of wanna, things. I kind of want to go through and watch and pick and choose through Black and Mirror because I know that there's some stuff that's like really heavy and yeah, like, like yeah. fucked up, and I kind of don't want to watch those. Yeah, a lot of I want to watch the ones like that, oh that changed like how I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's also a, an anthology series called Love, Death. Oh. And robots. Yeah, I I was just recommended that by a coworker, and I, I I've haven't watched, watched about it yet, but. half of the first season, and it's similar. It's it's an anthology series, so it's like it, there's like some live action, there's some animation, there's some like 3D animation, there's some that's like you know 2D, but they are similar in that they are all just sort of sci-fi. It, it sort of like harkens back to your short stories, like your Ray Bradbury short sure. stories, where it's like these are not necessarily related, but they are all exploring science fiction that ideas type of thing and what's that it, book i think it might even be sitting right in front of you that like children of the new world yes the one that you, you loaned me yeah that's another one that it's sort of like bradbury-esque yeah, short I stories it, i don't know where it went oh, okay I, I think it's children i, I of the don't new remember world, much from that that book and uh, forgive me author i don't remember your name but um forgive me author for i have sinned yeah <laughs> um but i do remember there was one where like a couple had a virtual kid and mm. it was like all like like that the reality of this world is similar to like a ready player one that people spend all their time with you know uh ar or vr goggles on or whatever and they like had a whole life and a child and then like their their you know digital world their digital security got hacked and like the only way to like you know it, it, remove the virus or the hack or whatever it was to just like hard reset. And mm. it dealt with the idea of like, they raised this virtual baby to being like 10 or 11 or however old the, the, you know, ones and zeros became. And then they had to like erase the house and home and family they had because of a hacker. <laughs> That's tragic. Um, yeah. And is also, I think there's like an adventure time episode that does something similar. Anyway, but not like not like with digital stuff. Um, no, that's that's intense. And also, what was I going to say? That made me think of something. Um, oh yes. So one of the reasons I like science fiction and one of, and and in general is this idea of and you saying that with like the digital space and stuff. And a lot of Black Mirror 
yeah. also is concerned with the digital space. Yeah, digital consciousness. One of the episodes I watched was like um, the guy who's like head of a gaming company and creates sort of a Star Trek, uh-huh. uh, you know, yes. world where he's like in charge. USS um, Callister or something like yeah. that. Yeah, and and there is this like, and, and this is goes goes into something else recently. Um, I rewatched Bo Burnham's Inside mm-hmm. special, um, which is great. Obviously, everyone should watch it. But there's a lot in there too of like what's more important like the digital world we live in or the real world we yeah, live in yeah and he even says at one point like why go out into this fake real world where like the yeah. real world is the digital world <laughs> yeah something like and there, that there's a there's a philosopher that i talk with my little brother a lot who wrote something called simulation and simulacra yeah I that's believe. the book that uh the wachowskis made yes, the entire the matrix of the matrix read yeah and it's by jean baudrillard simulacra yeah. and simulation but, like, uh, to relate it to science fiction, it is this idea of, like, well, a- a- and, I, you know, I think about it sometimes when people talk about, like, video games or, or um, especially in video games when people, like, spend money on items in video yes. games. And people are like, well, why would you pay so much money for something that's not real? And it's like, well, it is real. Like, it's... Yeah, I'm what, what is it. real about a Prada sweatshirt versus, like, a champion brand sweatshirt? Yeah, exactly. And, and, and what's real about... One has a real value that is much more really higher than the other one. <laughs> and and, and is, is a Prada sweatshirt more... Or a Prada, like, more real than one I buy in a video game to put on right. my guy in a video it's game? It's just... Yeah, it's just, because like Because that's... Because, yeah, right, that video game, uh, my character, I could delete that save and lose it, but also that I'm going to eventually sell and not wear that, that Prada right. sweatshirt. And it's, it's going gonna to get armpit stains in it no matter how expensive yes, the and name it'll is. And it. it'll eventually either go into the trash or be recycled and turned into something else. Like, yeah. nothing Entropy. is... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and, like, I think that's one of the things I like about science fiction is this exploration of, like, that is a fun exploration of being, like, Oh, well, like this, this, because if you took that to someone in the real world and were like, oh, what if you had to delete your kid in this digital game? They'd be like, eh, whatever, it's not real. But then like being able to explore an idea like that through prose and through fiction, mm-hmm. you really do start to see like, oh, like maybe the world is a little bigger than I thought. Or like may- maybe like idea there, it makes you think about ideas that you wouldn't necessarily think about, which is something that yeah. Star Wars doesn't do. No, because it's not much really more- at all. However, you know, the the High Republic books, which the the first one you and I have both read, The Light of the Jedi. I just yes. started the the follow up to that. But in The Light of the Jedi, they follow the thread of like sort of inventing and pioneering hyperspace travel and how dangerous yeah. that is. It's again all sort of based in fantasy more so than it is in science, but we did see the how um, you know, like how they yeah. did some things and and not in the way that Lucas often gives us the how that it's like not things we really cared to hear about. Like, uh, you know, it, it's it's also funny because I like the so like science doesn't exist in Star Wars, right? Like right. <laughs> gravity doesn't matter. Like relativity doesn't matter. And so I love that there is a technology like the hyperspace technology, right, is like a way to bypass relativity because it's like. No, it's not. We're not going to the speed of light. We are kind of, but we're going right. into these hyperspace lanes to where we, the amount of time passing for us is the same as the amount of time passing for everybody else outside of hyperspace. And so we don't have to worry about relativity because technically every right. time you left a planet in Star Wars. Yeah, right. Everyone like, you were going to make a phone call to would be like yeah. 30 years older. <laughs> yes. Like every, whenever they leave Tatooine right. and, and jump to hyperspace, 
they should land and Darth Vader should be dead from natural causes. Yeah, right. They, you know, like, they have every planet has the exact same gravity and, and, and traveling between planets is essentially just like um, flying in an airplane. Exactly. Like you might have jet lag, you might get there at the nighttime, but you left in the daytime. But yeah, it's yeah. all like days as opposed it's to like, you know, yeah. like there's one clock that everyone's going off of. Yes. And, and, and to that And to they that must end, all you, have the exact same like there's obviously different stars because all these planets are called systems, you know, like the the Yavin system, but every star has the exact same gravitational pull. <laughs> yes. Every all gravity is the same. If you like the idea of Light of the Jedi 2, there's a really good book, another recent one I read it last year, called The Long Way to a Small Angry Planet uh, by Becky Chambers, another sci-fi book that explores sort of the idea of creating... Uh, it's like Light of the Jedi that they are, they are uh, creating wormhole tunnels, essentially, for interstellar travel. Uh-huh. Um, so it follows like a crew of humans and aliens. So it takes place, you know, in our universe in the future there's aliens. But it is sort of it's sort of a mix between hard and uh, sort of soft sci-fi because it has this like very real idea of wormholes and everything. Um, but then it's really, that one is more fun for the characters um, and the, like just the, like that's what makes it fun. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to the, whereas like the three body problem is more fun for the ideas that are posed right. as opposed to like the, the, the characters Character. are kind of interchangeable. It's like, oh, well, here's a genius. Here's another genius. Here's right, another right, genius. Right, yeah. But you're really only reading it for the ideas. That one is like fun because you're like, oh, these characters are really interesting. Right. Which is, you don't, f- like sometimes you find in science fiction, but a lot of times it is more about the ideas right which star I think, wars I think is more the about most successful like black mirror episodes are where it's like a human relationship thing yeah that is upended or another way like uh layered atop with this science fiction thing you know like there's well, the you one know- where there's a couple and they're having issues and like it's unclear as to if someone's cheating on the other person and it's a typical like jealous couple story but in that world you can replay things you've seen through your eyes <laughs> yeah yeah so like the jealous couple might try to hijack someone's eye chip so they can see what they saw you know in, in the same way that you might look through someone's phone you know right. like that, and that, that goes into something that we were talking about in the attack of the clones episode we just recorded too which is like if you show me a conveyor belt droid assembly line, that's fun, sure, okay? But if you can layer on a relationship and right. character development on top of that, that's going to make me remember it more than Especially just the Especially if the relationship you're exploring has something to do with manufacturing something you know like yeah, in, in truth and comedy this is this is such a like nerdy reference to make especially since i'm doing it in like the affirmative and not shitting on it but in <laughs> truth and comedy the the book on how to do improv kind of um yep. they she lays out an idea of um like an exercise that was like you would do in like an improv class you wouldn't necessarily do this in a show but um the exercise was like say a line you know like you're two people in a scene you're 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 building you're acting you know you're building a reality yeah. around you you say a line and then you do a physical action you you pantomime yeah. that you're doing something 
And the the way that it's written, and again, like you can write a perfect improv scene. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, but the way that it's written is like person A says something about like, man, it's scary out there these days. And then he picks up a brick and mortars it to the ground. And then the yeah. next person says like, yeah, you can't trust anyone. And he picks up a brick and mortars it next to the first brick. So, okay. We now have two people who are paranoid and they are bricklayers. Like we have some reality established. And then like the way that it's written is that like they keep talking about how scared they are of the outside world one line at a time. And then they keep building this wall to the point that then the wall is built all the way around them. And they're like, well, we uh, like what a good day's work or something like that. And like that is a cool way to map uh, like a real yes. idea onto like a more kind of just concrete, uh, uh you know, tangible thing, you know, like yes. if, if the, <laughs> the droid factory and attack of the clones were something like, you know, there's all those like cutters that come down and like break things. Like if there was some kind of thing that it's like, it's severing their relationship, but then sure. like on the line next to it, it's building it's up rebuilding. these robots. And then like, yeah, they, they, you know, you think they're not going to make it through the cutters, but then they end up on the building thing and then they, you know, they come back stronger. I don't know. I'm like fully so, reaching because that no, sequence no, I, ends with them being like, hey, stop messing around in here. Yeah. <laughs> what, what are you rascals up to? No, there's, uh, yes. I, and I think with science fiction in general, right, you have either your, in order for a science fiction book to be, or a story in general, movies, whatever, in order for it to be compelling, your idea your high level idea has to be so interesting yeah. that it doesn't matter how cool your how interesting your characters are. And that's or, asking a lot of a writer. That's yes, asking and, you to invent a new idea. Whereas human emotions and two people talking to each other, you can do that all day every day because everyone's always gonna be a little different and they're if yes. you're if they're written well, they will respond to their you know, surroundings and their stimuli with different types of cool, engaging responses. But coming right. up with the idea of like a bacteria that eats sunlight, like that whole yeah. book hinged upon that idea being, you know, holding water. Yeah. And then, so it's like, yeah, it either has to be the best idea or it has to be something more, more typical in science fiction, but you are doing something with your characters and your characters are compelling, right? And I think Project Hail Mary does a little bit of both. It's uh-huh. a very cool idea and very compelling characters. And uh, Three Body Problem is like b- bad characters sometimes and weird sexist issues, but then very interesting idea. And like my favorite science fiction books of all time are the Foundation series by um, Isaac Asimov mm-hmm. um, slash maybe Dune. Um, and, I haven't and read either of those, and I know I need to. They are a heavy lift <laughs> yeah. because Dune. I will say actually isn't that is Dune just reading Dune by itself? I think actually is pretty one. fun. The first one, um, because that one, like if you're going to read the entire series, it's like there's it's diminishing returns. But the first one, I think, is a pretty fun read. It's a little uh, world building heavy, so you have to like get through that. Right. I will say the Foundation series is a heavy lift because it is the biggest example of really cool ideas no characters like there's <laughs> because like it literally jumps from um it's like reading the constitution 
Yeah, kind of. It's like because it starts in a, in a certain time period, and then it's like, and we're going to follow this character through here, and then we're going to jump to an entirely different time period, and we're going to follow a different character there, and then we're going to jump to one in the farther future. We're gonna follow, so, like, you don't have a through line of characters right. um, until the later books, and the later books aren't as good because <laughs> Isaac Asimov, in my opinion, is better at ideas than he is at characters. And, which? Um, which <laughs> is sort of the opposite. No, it's sort of, I don't know. Uh, oh, and Dune, to that end, Dune, I think, does good characters and good ideas. Uh-huh. It is, and good world building. Well, um, and Lucas pulled a ton from Dune. Well, and then Dune is less of that kind of hard science yeah, fiction because fantasy. it is it is a fantasy world. It's like, we don't know, slash, I don't think it is related to hum- like humans or Earth, right? Like, there are humans, but it seems to be this is a just alternate reality, right. different universe. And it is more of that, like, world-building fantasy novel kind of Tolkien shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, no, like, all that to say, I think Star Wars is weirdly inconsistent. And it's it's because its ideas are more like the hero's journey, right? Uh-huh. And then sometimes it has compelling characters. Yeah, but, but then like, sometimes the science it fiction ideas are more like an idea for a toy, like, what if a sword, yes. but it was a laser? But it was a laser. You know, what like, if a, What if there was a cool spaceship? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely... I mean, Star Wars spaceship absolutely Spaceship that is, can go so fast that it It's, like, so fast. Yeah. But, so yeah, Star Wars is definitely science fiction light. It's definitely science fiction fantasy. Um, but... Uh, I don't know. It was funny to me the idea of doing an episode about science fiction in general. But I've actually had a really good idea talking about... Or no, I've had a really good time talking about the like what is science what fiction? it is because yeah. I have been reading a lot of sci-fi. It's lately, funny that that's really where stuff. we've ended up is like trying to define it because I think that's another thing that science fiction again like capital S like hard sci-fi does. It's like this whole thing about like it has to stand on its ideas. I feel like science fiction is really definition heavy. Yeah, like you, for sure. you create a new thing and you sort of start asking questions that are based on commonly understood and accepted definitions. Like, what is what does it mean to have a child? And then that yeah. one story by and I looked up his name because I didn't want to not credit him. That book, that short story book, is by Alexander Weinstein. The idea is like, oh, having a child is great uh, until something out of your control happens and you lose the child. In right. this case, the child was a computer program. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, and the three-body problem is by Liu uh, Shizen. I think is how you say that. Shizen. I can't remember. It's it's uh, a Chinese name, and I don't know how to pronounce Mandarin. Um, but like just the so idea, we, just so like... that we credit all our authors. Uh, <laughs> but no, yes, it taking it is very. You do. You start. It's like, it's like it, the wor- it's it's like let's push some concept we understand now to an extreme that like. Yeah science we do not have now would allow that extreme to go yes and it is like the world building in a lot of sci-fi is more it's 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 like the person had to do a lot of research to back up the idea that no this could work mm-hmm. if you if you give me this allowance this could work as opposed to the world building in like a dune which is more like fantasy sci-fi or a star wars where it's like yeah yeah so there's this civilization and there's this planet that's, that's and there's one this of the like- cool things in project hail mary there are a few things that you kind of just have to take as m- miracle truth yes one yes. of which is an element that uh it's made of a noble gas which of course 
in typical earth conditions would be a gas, therefore not, not a solid. solid. Yeah. But this can become a solid and hold any amount of pressure inside it. And um, I guess uh, spoilers ahead for the book Project Hail Mary by Andy Weir. Perhaps a spoiler, but if you don't want to hear it, just skip ahead maybe uh, 60 seconds. In this book, uh, our, our hero meets an alien from another planet. Yeah, and the cutest alien in the world. Very cute. And that planet is like under 29 times the amount of pressure that Earth is on. So the creatures from that planet and the environment there would naturally have different things and different behaviors. Like they're, they're used to the world being incredibly hot by our standards. Mm-hmm. And they have the same elements as us, but they behave differently because they're under entirely different temperature and pressure settings. So the noble gas xenon could behave as like an, a perfect pressure capturing solid. Sure, um, exactly. And that kind of thing was like... You know, I, I remember this is another, like, annoying thing to be referencing sincerely, but Pete Holmes's podcast, I remember him <laughs> saying something about, like, like religious figures will say, okay, yeah, sure, science, great, but even science is predicated on at least one inexplicable miracle, which is, like, this all exists. Yeah. And that yes. could be the Big Bang, but you can explain the Big Bang within... You're using creativity... And to some extent, like magic, to explain the Big Bang. <laughs> there, there is a, there is, well, and it's like it, even in Project Mary, like when he's talking to the alien. Spoilers again. Mm-hmm. They that that alien civilization hasn't discovered relativity for for reasons you'll find out in the book. Yeah. And so, like you know, he's able to give him some information. He's like, "Oh, I can't wait to take this back. My scientists will be so excited." And he's like, "They will be until they discover quantum mechanics, and then they'll be annoyed because, like, that's where we are, right? As a yeah. scientific." Uh, science in our world as it stands is that like we have gotten to the point where we are like we can't figure this shit out anymore right like Einstein's unified field theory uh, of trying to be like well there could be one set of things that combines gravity and quantum mechanics because like once we get down to a small enough area it's like gravity doesn't really matter anymore mm-hmm. and like strong and nuclear forces are more powerful and electromagnetism is more powerful but then they have nothing to do with how we really exist on a macro scale and so it's like we are there is a sort of yeah we have to just sort of go on faith that like not faith necessarily but but it is the the grand our life is science fiction right. because we are <laughs> right. the, the the presupposition is that like well, we don't know how quantum mechanics work, but just they do. They so, do, uh, and we have to just use that as as truth so that yes. we can get on with our life. <laughs> and so that we can do any other math to help us yeah. do anything else. Because if we can't just sort of all agree on this uh-huh. one thing, then like we're not going to get there. And, and I maybe kind of love that. five years from now or 20 years from now or 100 years from now, someone will be like, I do now know why it works that way. And now that we know that, we can unearth these 11 new applications or whatever. But yeah. for now, we're just like, okay, well. For now, we're just kind of like, well, we know uh, these things happen and we have no idea why they do. Yeah. Which also, there's some like weird, there's some like funny weird stuff that's not even that hard science fiction uh, that I love to think about of humanity, like things we just don't know why they work. Stuff like... We don't know how the brain works. No, we don't know how the brain works. And even like something even smaller, it's like, why do we sleep? Well, it's because we get tired. Well, why do we get tired? Yeah, right. Well, it's because we need sleep. But then, why? Yeah. And it's like, there's like no real actually good reason we found for like, well, why do we 
have to sleep. Yeah. All this. Like, could we not sleep? The, the like, like, wish fulfillment of something like that, that movie and then later show, and I know they're both based on a book, Limitless. Yeah. Where yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. the science fiction part is there's a pill that makes your brain, like, more efficient. I know they say, like, you know, you only use 10% of your brain. Right. I know that that isn't necessarily exactly true, but let's say that the science is... It makes you now no longer ever forget anything. That's another yeah. thing that Rocky, the alien in Project Hail Mary, has perfect a really good memory, memory. Almost recall. Perfect recall as far as and I they can even tell. say at one point, like, well, what is memory but not storage? Like yeah. the human brain and memory is bad. It's very yes. bad and inefficient. But if it were more like a computer if, if someone was like, what did you have for lunch three days ago? It wouldn't be like a fun question to even entertain me going like, well, let me think. What did I have? What day was that? Yeah. It would just be like yeah. logged in there like a spreadsheet. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the and way one of the we'd fun behave things- if our memory was better is truly inexplicable. Like, like, no, like unimaginable. Would, that, yeah. And it's interesting, too, because I feel like we are, as humans... Now we're living in science fiction where we essentially do all have an external hard drive right. of, of our phones where it's like it, we, we can't necessarily remember personal stuff. But if you want to remember a fact or a piece of information from a TV show or an actor, you have an external hard drive that you can that you can access pretty quickly to be like, oh, yeah, what was that person's name? Oh, it was this. Right. Uh, or even with social media, like it, you, you can remember some personal things. Um the thing Just that those quick. movies that do is like that Limitless did was he was able to basically know and do everything and it changed his personality. And I yeah. wonder if that would be a fun, different way of telling that story of like, okay, I'm me. Yeah. If I had perfect memory recall and literally knew everything in the world, that doesn't necessarily mean I'd be able to get a better job because I... I would still be like shy about negotiating. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know. Well, and also maybe I've read every self-help book there is, but not necessarily applying it. Well, and also like there is, uh, I think that if I could remember everything that ever happened to me, and everything I'd ever learned, I would be the first thing that I would do would be like turn it off. Yes, that's, yes, that's too overwhelming. Totally. Because like I, you, unless it was something, unless the pill literally let me turn it on and off when I wanted to be like, I want to access this memory from, uh, you know, whatever, August 5th, 1995, when right. I was three years old. If I could do that and go access it and then be, and not have to use it if I don't want to, that'd be great. But if I was literally, like I'm already, I already experienced this like weird uh, anxiety thing where random memories pop into my brain. Yeah. Um, not, and not necessarily even ones that are embarrassing or anxious inducing. But it's like just random memories will pop into my brain of like, oh, that time when you, uh, you know, were on the bus on going to a trip in for football in seventh grade. And that's just the memory. It's like nothing happens. And that's already annoying. And if I could remember everything, yeah, right. I would be like, this sucks. Yeah, totally. I don't want to remember everything. <laughs> um, should we go? We, we've talked a lot of high level stuff. I feel we like. Have. In general, Star Wars is not very science fiction. Yeah, no. I, it's funny because it looks and smells like science fiction, but I would say, like, in terms of the chili, it has a lot of the... Uh, it looks like a chili, but maybe it doesn't taste at all like a chili. <laughs> yeah, it's more like a marinara sauce, yeah, right? Yeah, it's yeah. like there's still meat, there's still tomato paste, um, there's spices, but it's a different kind of food. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I have a game ready, so let's jump into the break and we can come back. Okay, yeah, cool. Oh, 
Well, hello, sweeties and listeners. We are popping in here to let you know about our new Patreon. Woohoo! That's right. We just started a Patreon. It's called the House Star Resistant Expanded Universe, or HSWEU for short. For just $5 a month, you get a weekly bonus episode plus a monthly commentary track for a different Star Wars film and access to our exclusive Discord server where you can chat with us and other listeners. That's right, and if you want to be our best friend ever and want to be the best listener ever, you can also join the SWEU EU, which is $10 a month, and you get everything that Mike just said, plus you'll get a personalized shout-out and a thank you on our regular main feed podcast, the one you're listening to right now. And if either of those seem a little too steep for you, you can join us for $2 a month and just join us on the Discord channel, or for $1 a month because you just really like the show and want to throw us a bone once a month. So go to patreon.com slash howstarwasisit and join us in the SWEU. And we're back. Uh, yeah. uh, something's and we're a science fiction pun. I know. I was trying to think of something. <laughs> um, so I have the game this week. So this, we're kind of throwing it back to a classic with a little bit of a twist. Mm. So Mike, do you remember one of our classic games, which is? So you're saying remember, this is a new take on an old favorite? <laughs> mm, absolutely. If I remember correctly, the name is uh, fanfic. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> fan fiction. Real fiction or fiction? No, fan fiction, fiction, or fiction, fiction? I can't oh, remember if uh-huh. that's the name. Yeah, wait. So that's the idea. Fiction, fan fiction, or fiction fiction? So this one is based on that, and the idea is it's going to be science fiction or science fiction, the <laughs> network, uh, sci-fi, that became oh, sci-fi, uh-huh. S-Y-F-Y, or fiction fiction, something I make up, uh-huh. or... Science science, which is just a science fact. <laughs> okay. Okay, so uh, you have to tell me if the... I'm going to give you basically a synopsis of a piece of media. Uh-huh. Um, and you'll tell me if it's science fiction, which can be... For, for our purposes, I've done uh, books. So it's science fiction books. Okay. If it's something that was on the sci-fi network... Uh-huh. Which uh, will be great because I have fucking no knowledge yep, of it. Yeah, I kind of thought you wouldn't. If it is fiction, fiction, something I made up, or if it's science, science, which is just a science uh-huh. So to start, here we go. And is there a fifth thing, which is something I'm not aware of, and it's a trick? <laughs> there is actually not a trick in this okay, one, okay. even though <laughs> I could be lying, but I, I'm not. Uh, so uh, a young scientist creates a living creature out of dead body parts in an unorthodox science experiment. The creature goes on to possibly be more civilized than mankind himself. Mm. I'm going to say that is science fiction in the sense that it's a book. And yes, I would and say the book is by Mary Shelley. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Bonus points if you can tell me what the property yes. is, which you just got bonus points. So Frankenstein yeah, is actually Frank- also uh, in some in most circles to be considered the first science fiction novel. I saw um, a tweet recently that, it again, it was a new take on an old favorite. It was technically the uh, Frankenstein is the name of the book. <laughs> and yeah i love that or the modern prometheus <laughs> it's also a fun way to make like uh fanboys mad to tell them that science fiction was invented by a woman because uh-huh. um, they love that it's also fun uh, uh i can't remember where i saw this it was probably also twitter but it was something like uh actually 
uh, you can only call it Frankenstein if it's from the specific Frankenstein region of France. <laughs> Otherwise, yes. it's just sparkling cadaver or something. I love like that. that. I, I love those jokes in general. They are very fun. Anytime someone makes a Frankenstein monster joke, I love it. It's like also similar to anytime someone calls a vampire a Dracula. I love it. <laughs> um, all right, next. A gifted young boy is sent to a training academy located in orbit above the Earth, which is built to train people to become soldiers that will one day battle against a vast bug-like alien race. Um, I believe I read the first portion of this book and tried to get through it twice and didn't make it happen. I'm going to say that's Orson Scott Card's Ender's Game and yes, Science Fiction. Yes, it is. <laughs> good job. Uh, good book written by a bad man. Uh-huh. Um here we go. Next. In the far-flung future, aliens and humans coexist peacefully. This harmony is threatened when an old radio transmission from the 20th century is discovered that throws into question the interstellar history that has been accepted for centuries. Hmm. That, to me, sounds perhaps like a sci-fi network show. Okay. I'm going to guess that, and then to back yeah, that up... Yeah, what do you think I'm... the name is? <laughs> What's that? No, I was just say if you. I was like, what do you oh. think the name is? But I, then that, back it up. I've never seen Battlestar Galactica, but I know that it has something to do with like different races, kind of constantly mm. at war. So I'm gonna guess it's some version of that. You're uh, incorrect. That is actually fiction, fiction. Oh. And it also meaning was you a made it up. I made it up, oh, okay. and I also think that it's a cool idea. I'm gonna start writing a book. Yeah, that's a cool idea. Like, I was like, what if, what if? Here, here is the extended idea. What if uh, 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 humans and aliens are existing peacefully, but um, they, they, because they believe they have this like uh, uh, work together past, but it turns out that that is actually not true. And using um, some something, humans were able to like hack the history networks and make it look like we've been friends forever, but oh, we actually weren't. Interesting. I don't know. Who knows? That has like the opposite vibe of like the star-bellied sneeches by Dr. <laughs> Seuss or any of yes. those other stories, like the Great Divide episode of Avatar, where it's like, oh, we just, we're two tribes and we've hated each other all along, but then when you actually read the history, you find like that they're the same. It, they were started by brothers and they just had like a yes. bad day with one another or whatever. Exactly, that's what I want. I so wanna, it's like the I wanna... opposite of that, where someone somewhere along the line decided to real... cover up the past so that there could be peace. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Um, okay, next one. There is enough DNA in the average person's body to stretch from the sun to Pluto and back <laughs> 17 times. I'm going to say that is a science fact. So science, science. <laughs> You're correct. <laughs> that also feels like it can't be true to me, but uh, I didn't look it up. To oh, yeah. Verify. I guess I forgot that you could have also just made up a science fact. I could have, but I didn't this time. So watch out so wait what is it there's enough dna to stretch from there's enough dna in the average person's body to stretch from the sun to pluto and back if you unf- apparently if you unfold the dna uh-huh. there's so much of it the length would be that long which seems like that's it, I it seems impossible where they're saying pluto is right it's like when pluto's pluto's closest yeah and also at what point in, like to the center of the sun like when you do a, like an architectural drawing you measure to the well, center so of a column even though you can't necessarily ever access that with a tape measure so this is the thing that blew my mind in general is apparently like a single human cell can, contains enough DNA that when you would unfold it it would be like centimeters long Right. which right. I was like that's 
crazy in the first place. Like that alone could have blown my mind. Sure. Um, but anyway, but I, I mean, we're gonna isn't move on. when you're breaking it down at that level, isn't it just like molecules? Like that's like saying. You know, like well, yes, but but mole- if you got molecules enough molecules, don't go end to end in like a long rope. <laughs> well, but well, yes, Mike, but that is what we are presupposing is that I can unfold the DNA and make a long <laughs> rope out of yeah, it. Yeah, I suppose. All right, uh, in the future, when the Earth is a distant memory, humans have colonized the galaxy. A great man, a brilliant vision, is a brilliant visionary whose job is to use mathematics and probability to predict the future and ensure humanity's success. I think that is a real thing. I'm going to say it's science fiction like a book of science fiction. And I you don't are know what it is. Correct. That is Foundation. Okay, that okay, is the yeah, yeah, yeah. Isaac Asimov's Foundation. It's dry, but really good once you get into it. Uh-huh. When helium is cooled to almost absolute zero, negative 460 degrees or negative 273 degrees Celsius, the lowest temperature possible it becomes a liquid with a liquid with surprising properties it flows against gravity and will start running up and over the lip of a glass container um i think that is either a science fact or a made-up fact because it's not a book (laughs) i'm gonna say that that is a real science fact you're correct (laughs) okay although that'd be a great tv show (laughs) it really would honestly i'd watch it one of nature's apex predators joins forces with one of nature's worst natural disasters, and the ensuing chaos takes the world by storm and bite. I know exactly what this is. It's one of the few things from the sci-fi network I am aware of because we covered it on this show. That is Sharknado. You're correct. <laughs> uh, a desert world finds itself at the center of interstellar politics. A young man is thrust into the, into the spotlight as a prophesied messiah who will bring freedom to the world's people. That, I mean, it's so Star Wars that it has to be Dune. It is. Okay. It is Dune. <laughs> yep, it is exactly, you're exactly right. <laughs> Humanity has colonized the solar system, and there is a delicate power balance between Earth, Mars, and the farther out planets. Our protagonists find themselves in the middle of this as they investigate the death of a young woman. Hmm. I almost brought this up, and it might, I might just—I might not even be right. But is that the show, The Expanse? It is. Okay, so I watched the pilot of that because a friend of mine and I were talking about like, what would it be like, you know, a couple decades or generations after we say terraform Mars? Mm-hmm. And she was like, "Oh my God, you have to watch The Expanse then." And I. It might have been because I was like riding the bike this in the morning and then like cooking breakfast because I was only able to sort of three quarters pay attention to it, but it did not grab me and I really want to give it another shot. But I thought that was an Amazon show. Is it a sci-fi network show? It is. Well, or is it both? first off, let's look because I, I think it's sci. I think it's the sci-fi network. Uh, but it might have been picked up by Amazon. Yeah, like how Netflix picked up Arrested Development after a while. Yes, it was picked up by Amazon, uh, but it started on Sci-Fi. Got it, got it. Um, I want to watch it too because, like, I've heard nothing but like good things. But I also have heard that you have to like keep going. Yeah, the first episode, I I just wish more of the character they were introducing to us a lot of characters, and yeah. many of them looked exactly the same. <laughs> yeah. The oh also so so what is your official answer? So that would be S Y F Y. Correct, but also this one is also science fiction because it's based on books. Ah, sure. Tricky, tricky. Okay, um, a human battleship in deep space is fleeing a relentless attack to wipe out the entire human race, implemented by their own 
created AI beings. Yeah, that now is ringing a bell because I remember all the comparisons to The Last Jedi. That sounds to me like one of the many iterations of Battlestar Galactica. Correct. So what, what is the answer? So Swyfy. Swyfy. <laughs> you got it. A young man realizes he's not normal after accidentally releasing his newfound powers and destroying a mall. The U.S. government tries to bring him in for experimentation, but he escapes with his exper- with his conspiracy theory spouting uncle. Huh. Is that something you made up? Yes! <laughs> it's, it was like so... It's it could be so many different things. It's like parts and pieces of like a lot of things. And then I was like, conspiracy theory spouting uncle sounds like like me. It it sounds um, it sounds like something that would be in a synopsis. And for whatever reason, that made me think you did it because it was yeah, like yeah, yeah. so no, well crafted. It was me trying to sound like a synopsis yeah, from the internet. Yeah. yeah. No, you you got it. Okay, it takes. A photon up to 40,000 years to travel from the core of the sun to its surface, but only eight minutes to travel the rest of the way to Earth. Interesting. I suppose just because so far the pattern has been that if it sounds like a science fact, it is real. I'm going to say that's a real science fact. You're correct. I didn't write any fake science facts. (laughs) Good job. How many years? 40,000? Yes. Apparently apparently there has to, a photon has to like, do a lot of weird jumps through all the nuclear fission stuff happening inside the sun before it gets to the surface. Mm. All right, we only have a few more. Serial mascots in roles inspired by Gilligan's Island find themselves in a time loop on the first commercial tour to the to the moon. They have to use only what they have at their disposal to figure out what to figure out why they're looping and how to stop it. <laughs> um, God damn it! I wish I could remember the title. <laughs> but I'm going to say that that's something you made up on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you are correct. And what was that in our, pitch called? Uh, it was called Serial Killer, but it was like S and yeah, C yeah, yeah, for yeah. serial. <laughs> yeah, that was on. I think yeah, that was on. Green the Green M&M was one of the cast members. <laughs> yeah, because there aren't any female. And like Betty Boop, I want to say was yep. in it. <laughs> there are no female serial mascots. So like fem- feminism, this is something you have failed yeah. to do. And I would say get on it. All right, here we go. <laughs> Man, that was one of my favorite games we've ever done. And I don't know yeah. if it was like the best thing to listen to. But I, boy, I loved creating movie pitches. We got to do it again because it was really fun. All right, last one. There are more stars in the sky than there are grains of sand on the earth. <laughs> I almost referenced this when we were talking about unfolding DNA. and Because oh. for that one, I was how you were of like, well, yeah, like, sure. Like, <laughs> if you took all my hairs off and made a daisy chain out of it, you know, like, and, and that's your outlook with that real science fact, science, science, I will say. And I remember now, when you now, first Mike, you are, griped you about technically- that, I, I was like, Huh, I I suppose like that must be really obvious to you, but that's that's that is kind of a wow for me. <laughs> now you are you are technically incorrect because that is actually a snapple fact. Um from <laughs> Allie's snapple that she had on that one trip that yeah, made right. me uh, so mad. And I and I, when I uttered the famous line, fuck your snapple facts. Right, yes. Um because right. I was so upset by them. Uh that's the end of science fiction, <laughs> science fiction. Fiction, fiction, or science, science. Yeah, that's great. That was fun. It was a throwback. I was like, I, I was like, we haven't done that one of those in a while. Yeah. Um, and I hope 
I hope you learned something, listeners. Um, and yeah, wait, what is it? There's more stars you... in the universe than there are grains of sand on Earth? Yeah. Which, like, to me, when I read that, when, when they said that, when Allie read that Snapple fact, I was like, well, yeah, the universe is a lot bigger than the Earth. And there's a lot of stars. Yeah, but a lot of the universe is empty space. Yes, that's true, but the universe is very big. Sure. You know what I mean? But, like, how many stars could there be? Like, a hundred? Well, they... <laughs> Well, but that, my other thing is there are finite amounts. There's a finite amount of sand. You know what sure. I mean? And the universe is not necessarily infinite. We don't know that for sure. But it is, like, expanding, you know. And so there's a lot of... There's just a lot of stars, guys. But, like, are new stars being made? Yeah, all the time. And some are dying and all that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah, I mean, I guess. But we only have so much sand. But could you so. make more sand? <laughs> when, when we were doing a project for a, like a discovery science museum all about water, um, their, one of their like experts, one of their, their education people was saying that, uh, gosh, what was the context of this? I can't remember, but like adults would ask him, like, like he was, they were, they, the, the, the messaging is about how precious water is. Like we need yeah. water for so many things. And I guess, like, some, like, dad was like, well, couldn't we then, like, if, if we ran out, couldn't we just use a different liquid? And he had to kind <laughs> of, like, what? Like, screw his head back on because he was like, well, sir, there are no other liquids. Like, wa- <laughs> water is the reason anything is liquid. Like, sure. <laughs> like, I guess mercury. Like, I guess we could all go right. around drinking there, mercury. <laughs> there are very few elements on earth that are uh liquid in liquid form naturally right right which like mercury is one water is one and then pretty much every other liquid we have is mixed with water <laughs> like well yeah like yeah and juice like, juice is to, just water to make something liquid is for it to melt right <laughs> if we melted like do you want to drink melted steel like gold <laughs> because that would hurt right <laughs> and you would die like in, in my head i'm picturing him going like well what about like milk <laughs> i know that's i feel like that's probably what he was thinking right it's yeah. like yeah we have milk and juice like, and it's like yeah that's lemonade, mostly water coffee <laughs> that, that is that is like 99 percent water and then one percent cow stuff yeah plant stuff yeah, beans right. like you know like that is i mean that that goes to like the survival tips of like when you are <laughs> if you don't have water right it is actually better to drink something rather than drink nothing like if you have soda drink the soda because it will there's water give in you, there <laughs> there's water in there you know you will get certain hydration from it like right. Like coffee doesn't dehydrate you right. because it is there's water in there. It just makes you want more water because it's coffee. Yeah, it dehydrates you, know? you if you are like going about a regular day and you're doing that instead yes. of water. But like right. that's that's just you're, time dehydrating you. <laughs> yeah, if you are in the desert right. and there's and you coffee haven't had there, water in like you should three drink days. the coffee. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, it'll it'll do something. You have like a Starbucks, like one of those like glass <laughs> bottle like <laughs> frappuccinos. But you're like, you're like, I shouldn't drink this. It'll I'm dehydrate so thirsty, me. But this will I'm dehydrate so me. It's the only liquid I I'm have. I'm peeing dust. <laughs> 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 the same noise. Mike and I went to make the same noise. It's like the the like international comedy symbol for dryness. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like it's like uh, all the, the the tongue gags in. Yeah, House I was just saying it's very cartoon logic. Like uh, 
like turning out your pockets and moths coming out. <laughs> There's like a Phineas and Ferb episode where like Doofenshmirtz made like a dehydrator or something. And like my little brother and I always do this, or we used to all the time. He reminded me of it recently. This bit where like it hits both Doofenshmirtz and Perry. Uh-huh. And then they just go like, like they smack <laughs> because yes, they're so dehydrated. I remember that. That's funny. <laughs> it's just like, and it's such a funny, weird, like little like animation of just like, Anyway, should we... Uh... That's a much like better and funnier, especially for a cartoon. Like, in a cartoon, it would be, like, the plucky from yeah. uh, Summer Vacation where, like, his his mouth, like, kind of implodes in on itself and gets, like, crackly and dry. Yeah. Like, they do that kind of in SpongeBob, too. But, like, it is a lot funnier for the dehydration to just be sort of, like, a nuisance Incon- as opposed to, yeah, like, it changes, like, your face. <laughs> like, it's mm. like, I'm thirsty. Ugh. Oh, gosh, I need That's to drink really some water. Um, but yeah, should we? Should, let's uh, let's rate this thing. I have no <laughs> idea what I'm gonna say. Speaking of Perry the Platypus, what is the rating we're what gonna is, give to science fiction? You know, there's definitely some science fiction in uh, Phineas and Ferb. Oh my god, have you seen the thing recently? It may have even been you who showed it to me. I can't remember, but someone was like, "Okay, Phineas, in like 20, 30 years, discovers time travel." <gasps> goes back in time to make sure Candace never busts him for all of his inventions. <laughs> so he is Doofenshmirtz. Yeah, And he's I love the that. one who's inadvertently, or it appears to be inadvertent, like saving his own skin as a kid. <laughs> and it's why he's never actually trying to hurt Perry, right. even though they're like mortal enemies. All of his There's inventions also don't hurt Perry, but they do make... Phineas and Ferb's like roller coaster disappear or whatever. <laughs> There's also one I've read that's like Phineas is uh, actually Doofenshmirtz's kid because they have the same triangle. Yes, head. <laughs> yeah, that was the triangle head was like one of the pieces of evidence that he yeah. was the same guy. They have the same head. Uh, yeah. Here's I my like fan theory. I think that Josh Hutcherson becomes Dax Shepard. <laughs> oh, interesting. You know what I think is I think Dax Shepard <laughs> becomes. Josh Hutcherson. I was trying to think of another actor that doesn't look like either of them, but is older. Um, but I couldn't think of one, so uh-huh. that's fine. What? What do we? What if we talked about? We've talked about like um, sort of ideas being king in the yeah. science fiction world, as opposed to like necessarily needing a, a compelling character interaction. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel like it's not so. Like, yeah, it's not. We didn't really do a great job comparing science fiction and Star Wars. No, we didn't. We don't just talked about science fiction. Um, well, we did say that it's Star Wars is not very science fiction because right. it is more fantasy. But I so would I say feel like more people would. I would say like the majority of people, if you ask them, like what's a like name a sci-fi movie, they would say, they would Star, say Star Wars, Wars in their first three things they yeah. say. Definitely. You know, I think Which also... Which that in itself is kind of Star Wars. Like, fundamental disagreement between casuals and, yes, like, fanboys. and fan the hardcore. Yeah. Yeah. I also think that, like, there's... I think that science fiction in general, general has less heroes' journeys and more, like, ideas, like we were saying, yeah, you know? Right. So, I feel like it's, like, medium-low, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say Project Hail Mary, if we were doing that as an episode, would get a higher score than sci-fi in general because it does follow, like, a guy growing and learning. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You know what? I'm going to get... I'm going to... Let's do units of measure. I will do... uh, Amounts of book... The amount of books you have to read before it gets good 
for just any <laughs> series in general because that's sometimes what happens. Uh-huh. And I'm going to do um, minutes aboard a spaceship traveling at the speed of light. But Great. I'm not going to calculate that in years on Earth because it'll make me too sad. <laughs> no, it'll be way too sad. Um, that kind of stuff trips me out all yeah, the it, time. It when really I think is, about like the twin, when I think about like the the science of like if you send a twin yeah out in a ship going the speed of light for a year and then a year coming back or whatever the amount of like how much older his twin on Earth is. Or well, whatever. and what's wild is like we can do those or kinds her of experiments. Or her. Well, we can do those kind of experiments on Earth with, and we have, like, that's one of the ways we know how things are affected is, like, they put an atomic clock at, like, sea level, and they put an atomic clock very high and, like, flew it around for a long time. And, like, the one that was higher and going faster experienced time a mill, like, millimilliseconds quicker than the one that was at sea level experiencing gravity normally. You know, it's like that kind of crazy shit. Which that is especially crazy. Like that yeah. you could like age differently just strictly due to time. Not of course, of course also well, if you were like standing on the ocean versus standing on the top of Everest, you would age in different ways because of just like the physical properties. Right. But and, like, and it would it would be like imperceptible to human right. humans, but it's there, right? And even like astronauts on the space station, like they are I mean their bodies are are messed up in a bunch of ways right. from being in space, right, but like right. they are, you know, aging slightly less than you would if you were in full gravity on earth. As I because understand, like, that is one of the like kind of through lines of that show. The expanse is like, there's, there's kind of lines in the sand of where people were, are from, you know, like, are yeah. you a Martian born or earth born? I, I, I'm, I'm summarizing based on a summary from a friend of mine, but like, I guess people who are born on now I can't think of which would make sense, but some people, their bones are more fucked up. So they need like specific medicine because of like gravity being different in different planets, you know? Like, right. Oh, you, you spent bored, a lot yeah. more time under more pressure. So your bones are more resistant or whatever. It, totally. Totally. Um, I love stuff like that. It also makes me think about like, even on earth, like we have such vast differences in like the size of creatures and um, yeah. I listened to a podcast episode about a little bit of this too. Like, you know, a, a whale's heart beats so much slower than like a hummingbird's heart, you know? Right. And it's like, if we could be in a hummingbird's brain, they probably experience time much quicker than we do. Right. Because they're very small and they move quicker. Like, and if we were in a whale's brain, everything might look like it's going in like fast forward around it. Yeah, yeah. But to it, it seems normal. But to us, we'd be like, wow, this is really off-putting. Yeah. Um, anyway, fun ideas, science fiction. <laughs> I'm going to give it like three books you have to read before it gets good. Yeah, that's funny. I was thinking like a four. I feel like yeah, that's I like my that. number. Four, I like uh, four minutes in the spaceship, but what the people back home are experiencing is like, oh, what is it? Probably... Like, like a one, couple of hours? Yeah, a couple hours, one hour. I like that. <laughs> Let's see. We did it. We sure did. We explored <laughs> we did science fiction as a genre. We did our first ever genre. We did. And so, uh, do you want us on the internet? Because if you do, you can find us at House Star Wars on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. Mike, tell them about the Patreon, Hey, baby. guys. <laughs> we hey, have, guys. We have a Patreon for this show, which we apparently joked about in something like our third ever episode, maybe even before. Uh, yeah. Someone pointed that out, and now I can't remember. Was it Colleen, maybe? 
uh-huh. anyway, whoever it was, uh, thank you for pointing that. Oh no, I think it was Bethany said that like, oh yeah, you guys mentioned a Patreon. Yes, you, you can did. cut all that. Uh, but we do now have one, and uh, yes, every we do. week, if you sign up for our Patreon for just five dollars a month, every week you get a bonus episode of the show where we might do uh, more things like exploring yeah. science fiction ideas or you know whatever. Um, you also will every month get a uh, a film commentary for one of the Star Wars movies that we uh, covered recently. Uh, there might be some other stuff on there in the future as we like kind of keep tooling around. You also get access to our Discord, which uh, we you know chat with people throughout the fun. week, just on and yeah. off. Uh, it's a good time. Uh, but yeah, you should go subscribe to yeah, it. Yeah, go subscribe. Um, always going to be new stuff. And, yeah, and, uh, and at some point, I might have uh, toys that toys? you can purchase on the internet at my Instagram, Rule Follower Toys. Yes, good. The the classic vague toy play. The VTP. I think it's about time for Tubby Bye Bye. I would say so. So, like we always say. Time for Tubby Bye Bye. Time for Tubby Bye Bye. Tubby bye-bye. <laughs> like we always say, we, we love, love you. you. And we the Bye. Bye bye. Sci-fi, sci-fi, <laughs> sci-fi. Sci-fi. I was gonna try, to, was gonna try to figure out how to give you a weird pronunciation of S Y F Y, but I was just like, I don't know what yeah, that yeah. would. C I, F I. Sci-fi.